This podcast is brought to you by the Stained Glass Collective. Go to stainedglasscollective.com for more content like this. Today on $5 Film Club, does being fat really make you a bad person? Find out as we dissect Zoolander 2. Welcome to $5 Film Club. My name is Alex George. I'm Zach Wright. I need to get more excited. I need to get people pumped up about the show. I'm Zach Wright. There you go. Oh, man, we're going to have a good time today. Or are we? <laughs> Welcome to $5 Film Club. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was getting too excited. Uh, hello, and uh, if this is your first time listening, this is a show where we listen to... No, we don't just listen to them. We watch <laughs> uh, movies on the cheap. We, we try to watch movies for $5 or less every single week. We listen to the versions that are for hearing impaired people. Oh my gosh! So for, wait, for hearing impaired people? For, <laughs> for I visual. do remember. Oh, dude, I watched this movie, and you know, normally they have the option mm-hmm. if you are uh, hearing impaired, mm-hmm. uh, you can watch it with subtitles that not only tell you what the people are saying, but also like what they're doing. What they're doing. Which my favorite is if you ever watch the movie Princess Mononoke, uh, and if there are horses neighing. And which is an unnecessary, it's not important to the plot. Yep. But in the little description for hearing impaired, it says, horses whinnying. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Who just won? Don't describe it as whinnying in like this very serious, like action drama, but also like not important. No one needs to know that the horses oh, are man. whinnying right now. I, I have a better one. There was a, uh, there was a, I was watching a Kevin Hart movie. Don't ask why. And, um, you know, like in all Kevin Hart movies, Kevin Hart does his Kevin Hart thing and mm-hmm. starts freaking out about something. And then it was for visually impaired. So it's for people who cannot see the movie. For visually impaired. So they, okay, would, des- great. they would describe what was going on. So Kevin starts freaking out. And then the narration comes on and says, the little man is freaking out or something <laughs> like that. I was just like, what? <laughs> oh, that's great. That kind of makes... If I, <laughs> that's kind of better. Like, I like that it has narration to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've seen that a couple times where it's like for visually impaired people. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting as yep. well. Uh, we like to do a little icebreaker to open the show. Uh, yep. I want to ask you, Zach... Uh, buddy comedies. Uh, we're, we're essentially reviewing a, a buddy comedy today. Yeah. What do you think of the genre? How do you think it's progressed to today? What are your thoughts? I think that uh, Zoolander 1 is the perfect example of buddy comedies in the turn of the millennium. Okay. Um, I think that nowadays they have moved away from like just general stupidity in the humor to like they're stupid because they're high. Because, <laughs> okay. like, the perfect example for a buddy comedy for me today would be, like, anything that has Seth Rogen and James Franco in it. Sure. Like, like the interview. This is the end. It's it's not him and um, James Franco. It's uh, James Franco's in this. He's in end. it, but yeah. his buddy is the other guy. It's a Jay. Uh, oh, yeah, um, yeah. That skinny guy with the black hair. His name is Jay, and his yeah. last name, no one knows. No one will ever know. <laughs> Uh, he's in that movie with Nick Cage. Anyway. <laughs> Jay, if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, he's also uh, how, how I Trained Your Dragon. Yep, How that to Train guy. Your Dragon. Uh, she's she's really hot. What's that movie called? Wait, she's really hot? <laughs> yeah, uh, she's out of my she's league. She's just not that into you? She's out of my league. Oh, she's out yeah. of my league. Uh, all right. <laughs> Welcome to Describing Movies We Don't Really Remember <laughs> with uh, I Don't Know and Who Cares. Um <laughs> Uh, for me, buddy comedies have kind of already hit their peak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think back to like Lethal Weapon. Like the reason buddy uh-huh. comedies work is you put like duos that like you wouldn't think of putting together together. So like in the seventies, I was like, let's put a black guy with a white guy, yep. and there will be tension, and then mm-hmm. they'll like learn to love each other. And like you had these, and it was men and women, and it was old people and young people. But then it hit its pinnacle, and like the final stage of buddy comedy movies for me, when he started pairing dogs up with people, Turner and Hooch <laughs> is like the final stage of buddy comedies, uh, which is like, hey, what's the craziest pairing? Okay, well, all humans should get along at this point. Let's put a human and a dog together. And I was like, all right, fine. And that movie's great. I love Turner and Hooch. Um, Tom Hanks, go do more comedies. You're great in them. Uh, so for these, I, I do think, yeah, there's like, specifically, I think Neighbors is a good example. Yeah. Or Neighbors 2 is mm-hmm. like buddy comedy because it's like, let's get Seth Rogen and Zac Efron to have these two different, like, mm-hmm. here's the young man, like, mm-hmm. buff, like, you know, jock... Uh, college student yeah. with Rogan, who's like, you know, dad slacker yeah. um, together. <laughs> I get it. That is like buddy comedy to me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like you should have that unlikely pairing. I do think you do have that element somewhat with Zoolander 1 because you have these two rival mm-hmm. uh, models. They yep. immediately get along. Yep. Uh, we're talking today about the movie Zoolander 2, mm-hmm. or as it was called in some promotional material, Two-Lander. Two-Lander. Uh, Zach... Every single movie that we watch forever Mm -hmm. uh, in the history of mankind will walk into with some sort of baggage, some sort of history. Um, Before I even say that, um, Zoolander 2, if you're unfamiliar, is the sequel to the 2001 picture uh, Zoolander, uh, which came out the week of 9-11. It's true. Yeah, it's it's, uh, kind of one of the reasons why this is so interesting that this sequel came out and that that movie became a success is because uh, it was during a time, it came Mm -hmm. out right during a time where like, no one would go to the movies. Yeah. And did you what did you see it the first time on DVD or blue or not Blu-ray, like VHS? I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. You saw it in theaters? Yeah. Almost everyone I know is like, oh, I didn't even know this movie came out. Like oh, wow. you shouldn't. No news was covering that. They were covering mm. the attack of 9-11. And um so this movie, uh, Zoolander 2 is the sequel to that, mm-hmm. starring Basically the same cast, and also directed by Ben Stiller, who directed the original. Uh, Ben Stiller also directed Tropic Thunder, Mm -hmm. uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, a bunch of stuff. We have some baggage walking into this. Let me ask you this, Zach. What were your thoughts on Zoolander 1? I'm guessing you... How old were you when you watched that? That would have been 2001. I would have been about 10. Okay. So what were your thoughts on it when you saw it as a 10-year-old? I remember thinking it was very funny, and then, like, as life went on like I would go back to it and I'd be like yeah this movie is actually not good at all but like for nostalgia (laughs) I enjoy it and then I found out Zoolander 2 is coming out and I was just like oh so I was just I felt my soul rip because I was just like even the nostalgia of Zoolander is going to be dead if I watch this movie Mm. Uh, I have a somewhat similar experience. I watched it for the very first time in my friend Ryan LeBrun's home, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so if not, we'll bleep that. Hi, Ryan. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> we're just going to keep saying his name. He was, we were best buddies back in the day. Um, nothing really happened. There was no falling out. I have no bad feelings towards him. You know, sometimes life just goes Ryan, on. Ryan, why haven't you called him? Ryan! <laughs> Ryan, I see that you're on a vacation in Las Vegas right now. I, f- I saw that through Facebook. I'm not stalking you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I went over to his house. He's like, dude, you should watch this movie. So me and him sat and watched it together and I thought it was hilarious. I thought mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. I thought it was very funny. Um, 
I had the same sort of experience that you did. I went back and I watched it uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and because I was just bored one day, saw it on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I sat and watched it, and thought this movie is not as good as I remember it being. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I get the appeal to it, and also there's a part of me where it's like maybe this is the first time I was questioning whether it was really bad or if it was mm-hmm. just like. Oh, maybe this is because like I know all the lines. Like honestly, I had a similar experience watching Anchorman, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, certifi- certifiably good. Mm-hmm. Um, where I rewatched it right before the sequel came out and thought to myself, "Ooh, I don't dig this movie as much." But I think a part of it's like all those lines are now like in my brain yeah. uh, and probably will forever be there. Like I'll probably forget the name of my children before I forget, you know, uh, some of the lines from Anchorman or Zoolander for that matter. Yeah. Um, so we walked in with some some baggage. What about Ben Stiller as an actor or director? Do you have any thoughts on him? Um, I thought Walter Mitty was great. And I think that Ben Stiller can be uh, really great. He can be really great with comedies. Mm-hmm. I loved Tropic Thunder. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. should have gotten an Oscar. <laughs> um, oh, man, I love that. But, you know, I kind of came into this expecting it to be bad because I was like, the first movie was not Tropic Thunder. It was not Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. It was Zoolander. Yep. And so 16 years later, almost making a sequel, I was just, I had very low expectations. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, um, I, I like him as a director. Um, I think if you look at all of his movies that he's made, Reality Bites, The Cable Guy, Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, uh, I've not seen Elvis stories, which apparently he also directed. Um, for the most part, I dig all of those movies. Um, I'm, I'm into all of them. Uh, and he also had a show called The Ben Stiller Show. I was very into that. He works with very funny people. He works with Will Ferrell, and Owen Wilson are both very great um, uh, improvisers. Yeah. Uh, he has on the cast for this movie, he's added Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. uh, also Kyle Mooney, current Saturday Night Live uh, actors in this flick. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that made me think, and, and I know that this is cr- like, I'm making a crazy statement on this show. I don't hate Anchorman 2. I no. kind of like it. I liked it too. Okay, great. Okay, that, good. That, that van I like Anchorman scene, 2. Like the scene where the van's crashing, I couldn't stop laughing. I there like, is, I've is not only seen Anchorman 2, I've seen Anchorman 2, the unrated extended edition. Oh, man. Uh, which is like a completely different movie. They like have enough improvised takes that they have a completely different cut of the film. Oh, man. Uh, and in it, at one point, oh, my gosh, I can't repeat the line, uh, but there is a scene, the, the most awkward scene the original Anchorman 2 is when he's sitting down for dinner with his black girlfriend's family, and he's trying to fit in by acting what he believes is appropriate behavior oh, around man. black people, uh, which he, of course, completely off. But then the alternate take, uh, he's still acting completely off, but he has a line about how he is a pharaoh um, in it, and uh, if do you have you seen it? I have not. Oh, go watch it. If it even if you just fast forward to the scene where they're sitting down, I I think of that as one of the funniest moments of my life. I oh, like wow. pause the movie. I very rarely pause a movie to just laugh to myself, but I <laughs> laughed so hard. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I like Anchorman too. So I, I thought to myself, look, it has even some of the same people working on it. Mm-hmm. Like this could be good, and I was. Hopeful. I was very hopeful for it, although I'd also seen the trailers, which had made me not as hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben Stiller is a talented director, and I was hoping for a good flick uh, as we watched this. Now, we did watch this movie. We yes. sat down and watched this film. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some general thoughts about this movie? What are some things that uh, you think people need to know before watching this movie? 
It's not 2001 anymore, mm-hmm. and Zoolander's not funny anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Zoolander isn't funny anymore. That's, that's your main uh, thought. Why? Yeah. Why is Zoolander uh, not funny anymore? I don't know if it's just that they were reusing 15-year-old jokes, mm-hmm. or if it's just, like, because, like, a lot of the jokes that they were kind of making were, like, they were trying to modernize them. Like, they were, like, kind of picking on millennials a lot. Definitely. And, and kind of, like, the ADD... Mm-hmm. Um, that's Kyle Mooney's character. Yeah. 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 And so I just thought like, this is just, it, it seems like low hanging fruit. Like all of it. It's just very cheap, very like low level humor. Yep. One of the biggest punchlines in the movie is how long it takes Justin Bieber to die. He's just riddled with bullets for like five minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. I like that scene. Uh, <laughs> it was just like. I don't know. <laughs> More movies should open with Justin Bieber being killed. Every movie. Also, okay, that scene, I, okay, so this is the thing for me, is this movie was funny in pieces, mm-hmm. and the whole was not. Yeah. Uh, there is long breaks before, between, yes. like, audible laughs for me in this movie, um, and that is, I think probably what ended up happening is they wrote the script Sat on it for a really long time. Mm. It became less funny as time passed. In the yeah. same way that like we both didn't enjoy Zoolander one mm-hmm. after you know ten years after the movie had come out. Yep. Um, I think they've they've been sitting on this script I think since like two thousand eight, oh, uh, wow. and I've maybe done like some edits to try and make mm-hmm. it uh, modernized. I think probably during that whole process they lost some of the humor of it mm. and said, you know what, there's a lot of things in this that make us laugh, and at least it did make us laugh at one point, mm-hmm. because I think that is where comedies, American comedies that aren't fully, like, heavily improvised, which my understanding of Ben Stiller is that it's probably not super improvised. It's mm-hmm. probably very, like, meticulous in the writing room. Yeah. Um, I think it probably lost its humor there. There are scenes of this movie that get me, that make me laugh pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, not even pretty hard. I, I'm overselling it. I, yeah. I like to be nice to comedies because yeah. I think they often get like kind of a bum rap. Sure. Uh, but there are scenes in this movie that make me laugh. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Don Atari, uh, Kyle Mooney's character, uh, who is over the top, who is stupid, mm-hmm. uh, does make me laugh when he tries to express how he feels. And he'll say that things are... Uh, stupid, and he hates them, and he has a big smile on his face because mm-hmm. he's trying to tell someone that he likes something, mm-hmm. but he's so like socially inept. He's so like hipster. And, yeah, yeah, he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't. Uh, I like him. I like uh, in pieces. I like Kristen Wiig's character. Yeah. I don't know the one. I will say like one of the big takeaway scenes from this movie for me, and probably from the original Zoolander. In the original Zoolander, it's when he is doing an ad, and he shows it to his father, and the ad is water is the essence of wetness. <laughs> wetness is the essence of beauty. Uh, and they have another one in this movie, yeah. uh, which is where he is a cow centaur. Yes. And he shouts at the sky, Moo! Uh, and I don't know, that scene gets me. Like, there are parts here and there yeah, that I think are yeah. funny. There's a, there's a part the, where they're talking about... They're, a, like, milking his udders. A utters. very sexy woman milks him <laughs> yes, and then leaves, like, and he's left with desire for this woman. It's good. Um, <laughs> we're just going to ruin it, because we don't like this movie, yeah, right? It's, it's okay, we're it. ruining a little <laughs> bit of this movie. If you really want to go see Zoolander 2, I guess, and you're like, oh, I can't avoid the spoilers for yeah. this plot-heavy movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you don't. One, you're wrong if you think that. But uh, there's a part towards the end where uh, Will Ferrell's character is back, which Mm -hmm. you should definitely know. He was in the trailers. Um, He's back, and he 
kidnaps Derek Zoolander's son mm-hmm. to fatten him up yes. to kill him. Yes. Uh, he's fattening up. He gets Derek Zoolander's son in a room full of food he can eat, yeah. including a bar of lard, <laughs> uh, which I mean by that. out of a pig's nose. Yeah, shoots out, lard shoots out of a pig's nose. And Hansel is spying to try and figure out what he's doing. And uh, he's talking to Derek on the phone. He goes, no, man, things seem pretty all right here. He has a lard bar set up for him. And they're all very casually talking about lard bars. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, that's very funny. That's a, like, no one would ever casually talk about a lard bar. Um, that is funny. But yeah. for some reason, there are just long pieces yeah. of this movie where there aren't laughs like that. And, and they're, they're, like, they're like little chuckles, I think. Like um, the, the one movie that actually, or the one part of the movie that made me laugh was when Will Ferrell's character gets out of prison and he comes uh, back to meet Chris and Wiggs' character and they greet each other with a kiss. And this kiss is so absurd. They literally are just yelling into each other's open mouths. Yep. And <laughs> I was like, okay, that's funny. My wife walked in <laughs> when I was watching that scene and she just looked at me with her like a big shrug. And she's like, what is this? And I was like, it was my birthday. I watched this on my birthday. And I'm like, honey, it's my birthday. <laughs> Let me do what I want. You can't judge me right now. <laughs> no. And I also was like, look, I'm watching this for this podcast with Zach, okay? Like, let me just sit and watch this weird, bad movie. Um, this movie's insane. The plot yes. is weird. There are long periods of time without, like, big laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a weird movie throughout. Mm-hmm. Any, any, any other parts that made you laugh? I, at the very, let's talk. Let's have some yeah, positive some reminiscing. I don't think there was much. Oh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland being pregnant. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland being pregnant was pretty funny to me. Like, I couldn't help but laugh. He's like, he's like this super serious character. Yeah, he, he plays just, himself. And he just holds up a pregnancy test. And, like, we're meant, made to believe that he's pregnant mm-hmm. with Owen Wilson's baby. Yep. And <laughs> Owen Wilson's response is, how is this even possible? And he says, well, I thought you'd be happy. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, like there, yeah, that's a good example. There are bits and pieces mm-hmm. of this movie that are funny, mm-hmm. and it sadly doesn't all come together. No, um, I would have loved for this movie to be good. Yeah. Um, but I think, it I think they relied too much on the first movie's humor, like the face. I'm over the face. Like his, oh, yeah, yeah. his scrunched up face isn't funny anymore. And there were like way too many long scenes. I love how you're, like, modeling the face for me right now. This is a podcast. <laughs> I um, feel like the people listening can feel yeah, it they, when they I can, do it. They can feel it. like, ooh, it. it's a blue, uh, ma- is uh, that blue steel or Ma- Magnum? Magnum's presence is in the room. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Everybody in this movie does the face. And, like, there's long camera shots of the face with, like, glowing orbs around them. And it's just like, oh, man, I'm tired of this. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the ending of this movie Mm -hmm. as I'm sorry if you're like, I don't want this movie spoiled for me. Just don't skip the next five minutes and you will not have this movie spoiled for you. At least Mm -hmm. the very ending of this movie. Yeah. Uh, At the end of this movie, Derek goes to save his son. Uh, What's his son's name? Zoolander Jr.? Yeah, Derek Jr. Derek Jr., um, played by Cyrus Arnold. And uh, he goes to save him from Mugatu, who is going to sacrifice his son with a bunch of uh, uh, fashion designers sitting around hoping they can get more youth or something, I Mm -hmm. think, right? Yeah, yeah, the the fountain of youth is is a still-beating heart. Yeah, yeah. 
And Mugatu is insulting uh, the fashion designers, which does lead to a joke I like because he calls Tommy Hilfiger, I think, a part of the KKK or something like that. Something. White supremacist or something, uh, which I do enjoy. Uh, I think Will Ferrell is a little bit of a light in this movie. He is Mm -hmm. uh, basically Mugatu to a T. Mm -hmm. Um, He seems exactly how I remember him. Uh, But he's going to sacrifice his son. Uh, Derek goes to save him. Hansel tries to help as well. And Mm. this movie closes. uh, The first movie ends with Derek doing a face to save the prime minister of Malaysia, Mm -hmm. uh, doing Magnum, which means he turns left. Yes. uh, And he saves the prime minister of Malaysia from being killed uh, by stopping a throwing star in midair. This movie ends with... Uh, Will Ferrell throwing a bomb into a, a pit of lava. Just so you know how over the top this movie gets. He's throwing a bomb into a pit which of is, lava. Which is for some reason in the basement of a mansion. Yep. Uh, where a very big fashion uh, like party is going down. Yep. Um, called The Incredible. <laughs> and uh, Derek stops it with his face. Mm-hmm. Hansel is also helping stop it with his face. Yep. And then Derek Jr. says, no, I have the power. And he uses his face as well. They're all doing Magnum mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. And there's literal, like, beams, like yes. you'd see in Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Like, Shooting picking up, like, picking with telekinesis, yes. uh, this bomb. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the defining scene of why I don't like this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh I understand with a sequel you should go bigger than the than the movie before it. I mm-hmm. get that. I think that is honestly a good thing to strive for. The problem for me is that like Zoolander one, while weird, is somewhat grounded in realism. The only mm-hmm. thing that's weird, the only thing that's like impossible, is that final scene when he uses yeah. his face, and that is like played up for a big laugh, like yeah. because that's impossible. Yeah. In the same way, a movie that also is probably not good, but I have fond memories of Blades of Glory. Did you ever see uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blades of Glory. I'm gonna ruin another movie. Blades of Glory ends with. You're Ruin a uh, movie from 2006. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, ends with Will Ferrell and John Heater grabbing hands. This is a movie about figure skating mm-hmm. and then flying into the sky yes. <laughs> at the end of that film. And it's a huge laugh because you're like, what? That, <laughs> this movie had nothing to do with flying. Like, they yeah. never had this ability before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie. Uh, Zoolander has that same sort of ending. Zoolander 2's ending is like, oh, it's all about this power. And not only do you have it, but we all have it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, I just, uh, I had... It was bad. Bad. Don't don't disrespect your first movie by, like, embracing, like, fantasy when your first movie wasn't about that. It was grounded in models being stupid. Yep. And, like, it had this, like, extreme weird plot. Even, like, the whole fashion police thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make sense in the world of Zoolander 1. Like, Zoolander 1, like, yes, there are models and, like, there's Mm -hmm. a secret society behind that, but, like, it doesn't... This is, like, a whole different area. It doesn't make sense. It's very weird. Um, There are parts that make me laugh, but overall, it was not good. This is the part of the show where we give a side rant. Uh, I have one today. Okay. I don't. Okay, good. All of my feelings about this movie are side rant. Just one big rant. Okay. (laughs) Side rant on specifically comedy sequels 
Respect the original. Respect the original with mm. your movie. Yeah. Like I was saying, don't make your movie go big and over the top, but here's the cardinal sin of both this and Austin Powers 2. I'm mm. calling you out, Austin Powers. If your movie is a sequel to another comedy and that comedy has built up a relationship, do not immediately destroy that movie. Zoolander 2 opens with us finding out that seconds after Zoolander 1 ends, mm. the school that Derek Zoolander has built was destroyed and it fell on Christine Taylor's face and killed his wife. Mm -hmm. This is how the movie opens. It's supposed to give us good vibes. It's supposed to get us ready. But the relationship that we invested in in Zoolander 1 is immediately destroyed. Mm -hmm. And she's immediately killed. Oh, man. Like, why am I supposed to care at all about the rest of the movie when one of the main characters was killed in, like, a segment that took place seconds after? He's also permanently black in Zoolander 1. If Mm -hmm. I ever go back and watch that movie... I can't have a happy ending because it's going to end with me thinking, oh, yeah, and then seconds after this movie ended, the school collapsed and killed his wife. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to think? In the same way, for Austin Powers 2, it opens with us finding out that his love interest from mm-hmm. Austin Powers 1 was, was a, a robot, a, a sex bot or whatever, yeah, like yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, we invested in this relationship. We cared about them getting together because Austin Powers is a scoundrel and this woman is nice mm-hmm. and he's like becoming better for her. That was like a good relationship. We all care about Austin Powers 1 for that reason. Mm-hmm. Immediately you like kill her off and bring in whatever, Heather, whatever. No one cares about her. I can't even remember her name. <laughs> I don't care that she was in The Hangover. Shut up! Boogie Nights. And she's in Boogie Nights. Heather Graham. I remember that (laughs) on my own. I didn't have to look up anything. Look. Respect your previous movie. I know that you're like satires of stuff. Both Zoolander and uh, Austin Powers are satires. Mm -hmm. But... You need to respect your universe more than you respect the genre that you're uh, satirizing. Um, don't become a satire of yourself. Don't become a satirist at all, okay? View the world through... Okay, I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like saying stuff I don't mean. Uh, okay, that is the end of Side Rant. Respect your, your the previous movie. That's mm-hmm. my only main thought. Uh, this movie, we like to rank our movies on a scale of 0 to 100. Oh, you can't give a 0. What about, what about best oh, actor, worst actor? Best actor, worst actor. Uh, we want to talk about who... the Who's the best actor of this movie? Who's the worst actor? This is a bad movie, so let's talk about the worst actor first. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, I have mine picked out. Do you have yours? I do. Okay, uh, who should share first? I'll go. Okay, good. It's Derek Jr. Okay, uh, Cyrus Arnold. Cyrus Arnold. I know you're just a kid, Cyrus, (laughs) but you're awful to watch, (laughs) and I never want to do it again. Uh, okay, is that it? That, yeah. that, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cyrus, um, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I get what Zach's saying. Um, look, I feel like you were in a bad movie that, honestly, if I was a kid actor, yeah. be in a the sequel to a cult classic? Yeah, sure, I'd say yes. Yeah. So I don't blame you. I'm sorry. I'm going to give my worst actor award out to, there are many celebrity guest appearances in this movie. Mm-hmm. There is one that particularly irks me. Neil deGrasse Tyson. No. Neil deGrasse Tyson is shown in two scenes with no acting capability. Come he's on. just like, <laughs> he's like, the universe is round. <laughs> like, oh my Dude. gosh. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, don't. So Neil sad. deGrasse Tyson, you are a weirdo. 
uh, in this movie. You're a fine, regular person. I watch you on the late night show, and you're great. Like, I, I, I love you when you're with Stephen Colbert, chatting it up, making jokes. Oh, but, oh, man, don't, you don't need to be an actor. You're very smart. Don't, don't be an you're actor. You're not going to believe this. I had him picked for my best He's actor. He's your best actor? <laughs> because everybody is so <laughs> awful. <laughs> and I don't know, the rooftop scene where they're all asking, what am I supposed to do? And Neil deGrasse Ty- Tyson shows up out of nowhere oh, and man, starts talking. Like... He's got a telescope behind him and he's talking about the creation of the universe. Oh, I man. was like, this is beautiful. I'm inspired. <laughs> That scene, because it's him. It's like Katy Perry. Is there anyone yes. else in that movie? Uh, no, in that it's, scene? it's just it's just both of them. Uh, the and, main and, Hansel and Hansel Derek. and Derek, and they're yeah. yelling, "Who am I?" <laughs> yes. Into the sky, and I'm just like, "Shut up, scene! Like, make this movie progress. Your dialogue should do something." Neil deGrasse Tyson, more like Neil Smell Butt Tyson. This is a clean oh, podcast, man. Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I who's loved it. Neil deGrasse? Neil Tyson, Tyson was the best actor for me. Uh, Will Ferrell for me. Will Ferrell oh, yeah. uh, did a very good job bringing life into this movie. Mm-hmm. He's exactly how I remember Mugatu. Uh, I think there were some other characters who I thought, like, they. if you are a comedy actor and you get cast in a weird, bad movie like this, go all in like Will Ferrell did. Yeah. Because it makes you not only seem like, one, you'll stand out as one of the funniest actors in this movie, mm-hmm. but two, it makes you seem like you care. Like, uh, there are some actors where they just seem like Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. like so many movies that he's in. I'm like, oh, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He like is doing this for a paycheck. Uh, Will Ferrell, I've never really felt that with. He always, even in weird, bad movies that he's in, like Zoolander 2, mm-hmm. he's all in and I love it. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Will Ferrell. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, no, Come on. never. Come on. <laughs> uh, do you want to give any, you want to give a 10 second review to this movie? Uh, I don't need 10 seconds, but yes. Okay. All right, tell me when to start. Sure, start. This movie is god-awful. Is that it? <laughs> yes. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll, I'll do mine. Ben Stiller, uh, you're a good director. Please spend more time in the writing room, and you can make this a great movie, much like Tropic Thunder, and uh, we can all remember it finally. Oh, please don't make a sequel to Tropic oh. Thunder. Let's immortalize that as yeah, a great film. Yeah, that's a good film. flick. Don't make a sequel. Please. To, I, yeah, don't make a sequel. There's no real need to. There's no like, ending question. At the end, you gave yourself an Oscar, I think. Isn't that how yeah, Tropic Thunder ends? Is he yeah. gets an award at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to end your movie. Yeah. Don't, please, <laughs> please don't bring that back. Oh, man, we spoiled a bunch of movies today. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're like, I haven't seen Tropic if, Thunder. If they, I haven't seen if, Austin if, if Powers If they one. sought out this episode other than to like laugh with us at how bad this movie was, then they deserve it to be spoiled. Okay. Uh <laughs> Audience, I think you deserve all the best things in the entire world. Uh, All right. Uh, We're reaching 30 minutes here. Let's give this a a review on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Who wants to go first? Should I go first? Go first. This movie, on a scale of 0 to 100, is a 33. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay? This movie is a 12. A 12? Wow! Oh, man, 12 is like baby genius's territory. It's close. It's close. 
Okay. Oh, uh, scale of 33.12. So our, our median there is basically a 22 and a half. Uh, that is what it is on the Zach Alex scale. Yes. Uh, check it out if you're interested in movies that are a 22 and a half on a scale <laughs> of 100. Um, or honestly, just check it out if you're like, what happened to these characters? Is Christine Taylor still alive <laughs> seconds after the end of Zoolander 1? <laughs> Let's find out. Ugh, oh, man. So bad. Uh, that is our episode. Uh, do we have a catchphrase to end this? I think we, we were contemplating one last episode. Uh, I don't think we landed on one. We will, at some point, give birth to one naturally. Okay, well, let's try try one out. I, I think okay. I can do one right now. Do it. Five dollars forever. Good, right? All right. <laughs> okay, goodbye! Goodbye. <laughs>Next week on $5 Film Club, Leo will either get an Oscar or die trying. The Revenant. Thank you for listening to $5 Film Club. This is Alex George. Uh, $5 Film Club is a part of the Stained Glass Collective, which Zach and I run. Yeah. And if you are interested in finding out more about what Zach and I do, well, you can follow us on our personal Twitter handles, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find me at Georgie Porgy, which is G-E-O-R-G-E-Y, P-O-O-R-G-E-Y. And you can find me at Zach Wright Music, Z-A-C-H-W-R-I-G-H-T, music spelled just the same. Music spelled like music. Yeah. Here in your Twitter handle is music to my ears. Oh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> if you are just interested in altogether what Stained Glass Collective is up to, you can find us on Twitter at Stained Glass Web, and then our Instagram account, Zach, at Stained Glass Collective. Fantastic. And hopefully we'll see you everywhere. We're taking over the world. <laughs> Trump, 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 Trump. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.